0: Warning, the following podcast contains two morons talking about sophisticated subject matter like Ninus and hoo has, also a few whoopsie-daisies and at least one house or ante. If you don't have a strong stomach, you know where the door is. Right, on with the shenanigans then. The podcast which you are about to hear is an account of the tragedy which befell two washed-up losers in particular, Court Psyops and his immature co-host, Matt. It was all the more tragic in that they were uncultured morons, but had they lived very, very full lives, they could not have expected nor would they have wished to see as much of the mad and macabre as they were to see each week. For them, an idiotic podcast show became a nightmare. The events of each week were to lead to the discovery of one of the most bizarre crimes in the annals of American history Cinema Psyops with Court and Matt. What is
1: Psyops?
0: PSYOPs for psychological
2: operations is very simply the art of influencing how people feel and think and ultimately how they behave and what they do. You don't have to defeat the enemy on the battlefield. It's better if you can convince the enemy to do what you want him to do without having to fight him. And that's really the
0: intent behind PSYOPs, to convince people to do what you want them to do.
1: So how does psyop fit into what's happening now?
0: The two points I'd like to make with you and the
2: audience is that first and foremost, psyop saves lives. The second thing I'd like to say: a lot of people have misconception about psyop. They think it's something deviant and brainwashing.
1: say you don't know exactly what's going on right now, but we do know that there are some psyops going on, right?
0: Ma'am, I don't know. Cinema Psyops.
3: And I believe with all of my heart that it is a contributing factor to our juvenile delinquency of today. Why I believe that is because I know how it feels. I know what it does to you.
0: Cinema Psyops. They think it's something devious and brainwashing.
2: 289 consecutive week of Cinema PsyOps. I'm your host, Court, the guy that's giving you way too much goddamn fucking enthusiasm to make up for his lackluster co-host, Matt!
4: Hello, everybody. It's very nice to see you.
2: You're gonna have to take <laughs> it from NPR a little bit yeah, just yeah, below not, right? Disc chalky <laughs> Guy.
4: <laughs> and and uh, B-17, I think that's a bingo for all you folks at home.
2: Two bloody stumps, number
4: 11. <laughs> uh, Let's go, man!
2: I'm super excited to talk about the movie tonight. I'm I'm having a blast, don't get me wrong, but I just, I got a fucking it's fucking eyeball, man.
4: Oh, you got a fucking eye issue?
2: No, the movie is eyeball. Oh, eyeball.
4: Yeah. Oh, fucking. (laughs) The way you just said it, it sounded like you were having a problem with your eye, and I'm like, fuck, man, what a week for that to happen. You're having an issue with your fucking eye, and we're doing eyeball.
2: (laughs) If I were a smarter man, I would play into that fuck up and turn it into a story.
4: Yeah, right? Something. I don't know, man.
2: (laughs) But that's not this plot. Podcast. But no, I've, this
4: was a. I've long since kind of given movie I up
2: like. on, I've long since given up on storytelling, uh, background stuff, and making yeah. up like you know false narratives of things that are going on in the background with robots and things like that. I'm long yeah. past that because nobody
4: we, really gave a shit about it. We really ended that a long time ago, and it and <laughs> it probably wasn't such a bad idea. <laughs> it's just a
2: shitload extra work for me, and nobody gave a shit about it anyway. So I just stopped yeah. doing
4: it. Yeah, yeah. Most of my voices were hijacked from other podcasts. Popular TV show, so it just wasn't worth it. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm with you on this movie. I'm excited about it because, you know, I love these types of movies. So these like whodunit fucking murder killer spree type movies.
2: Well, this is in particular very jalo. I yeah. mean, I'm sure that you're getting to the point now when we've been talking about the various yellow boxes that will be checked off on a list of things that you hope to see. This, yeah. this movie really did a pretty great job. Um, the only thing I really need to bring up before we dig deep into it, Eyeball is more like the Anglo-sized title. The original title of this um, and what it was released as, now I don't want to say that this necessarily makes more sense, but that's just what the original title was. Uh, The translation is Red Cats in a Glass
4: Maze that's weird
2: well one of the giallo boxes that need to be ticked particularly yeah. the earliest giallos was an animal with a color in the title and then some kind of hallucinogenic image
4: yeah okay i, I, I yeah I get that um, yeah okay uh, it's i mean the, the main, wrong
2: the yeah. main thing that started the giallo craze was Dario Argento's film bird with the crystal plumage and from there on out it was all animals I mean bird with the crystal plumage bird with the crystal plumage was the kind of the very first one that like really kicked off the actual giallo Craze. There were other giallos and there were proto giallos, but this was the one bird with the crystal plumage is the one that really started like the, the trend, like the serious, crazy trend. Yeah. Or at least that's the one that made it to America first. <laughs> <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah, exactly.
4: Um, I will speak for- that. Uh, that's awesome. I, I love sp- that.
2: Yeah. But uh, so there's like four flies on gray velvet, was another uh, yellow title. There you got your flies, your animal, and yeah. gray, your color. Um, velvet, a very hallucinogenic, uh, you know, a texture that you can kind of tell and feel, you know, some kind of texture or some kind of feeling, you know, hallucination wise. <laughs> uh, uh, there was another one that was called, this wasn't uh, Gento, but it was like seven deaths in a cat's eye. (laughs)
4: Seven deaths in a cat's eye. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's the best title of a movie ever.
2: Um, Dario Argento had, uh, there was like an animal trilogy that he did, Bird with the Crystal Plumage. And I can't remember which one was which. I think Four Flies on Grey Velvet is the next one. And then the last one is Cat of Nine Tails. Huh. Um, Or the Cat of Nine Tails or something along those lines. And I think I got those two reversed. I think Four Flies on Grey Velvet may have been after Cat of Nine, the Cat of Nine Tails. But it just, it goes on and on and on. So there's tons. Tons of Giallo movies that have some type of animal in the title and then like a color or whatever. So Red Cats in a Glass Maze, that is the most... Fucking jello title I've seen in a while.
4: That's fucking awesome.
2: It's no seven deaths in a cat's eye. I mean, that's a fucking title that that demands you pay attention to it. I get you. Seven
4: deaths in a cat's eye sounds like a a metal band.
2: It's it's seven deaths in a cat's eye is like an indie rock band. They have like a guitar player who made his own guitar like out of a glass bottle, like a hammer and some boards and some (laughs) nails. And this one guitar wood. string.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is made of my childhood home. <laughs> <laughs> right. This is all
2: that's left from the flood.
4: Yeah, yeah. We're yeah. seven
2: deaths in a cat's eye.
4: <laughs> <We're> so- <laughs> Oh my god, I can smell the hemp from here.
2: (laughs) So, anyway, to come back to the giallos and everything, uh, we are all over the fucking place tonight.
4: Yeah, we really are.
2: Um, So, Eyeball, being released in the anglicized world, I know at least that's definitely the more American title, or, or at least the English title is Eyeball. Still kind of makes sense for what happens in the film, but is kind of a little bit of a spoiler for some of the things that happen in the film.
4: Yeah. Um, yeah, Eyeball is definitely a spoiler of a movie. You kind of know what you're getting into. (laughs) Right. But the Red
2: Cats in a Glass Maze, if you think about it, they're a bunch of American tourists. They all are given red cloaks. Or, or in this case, I guess you would call them like a rain slicker. They're given yeah. red rain slickers and they're wandering around and touring like cities and, and mausoleums and all of these other places. So they are kind of in a glass maze because they're staying in a hotel in the city downtown area at one point. That's technically a glass maze if you don't know where you're going.
4: That's true. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I guess.
2: Right. I mean, there's you're getting deep, <laughs> <laughs> but like I could kind of see how that title would work, but eyeball just pretty much says people are going to get their eyeball plucked out.
4: Yeah. shit's going to happen. I expected a lot worse eyeball shit than I got. So I was, you know, it wasn't right. It wasn't, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, you didn't get to front lens, see the ocular penetration, <laughs> right?
2: So this is Umberto Lenzi. This is not Lucio Fulci. So the kind of yeah. ocular devastation that you're going to get in like a Lucio Fulci, you're not going to get necessarily in a a yeah. Slasher from Roberto I just never
4: Lindsay. know whenever whenever I see it, it's an Italian film you, you get a little worried
2: <laughs> right? Fulci has uh, damaged you. You've got yeah, you got PTSD from from Fulci. Yeah. I get I get it. It's fine. <laughs> I totally get it.
4: <laughs> I was not expecting what happened. I thought it was going to go off camera. Nope. I saw it right there. Fresh as day. <laughs> Fucked me up. <laughs> and that you is were the there first. For <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'm
2: the one that showed you zombie for the first time. Yeah, I get. Yeah, it.
4: exactly. <laughs> you did that shit to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it's
2: my fault. And with that, we're going to play the Legion uh, Patreon ad. We're going to have a little bit of music that I ganked right out of the soundtrack for Eyeball, so I guess don't come at me for that, bro. I'm don't, yeah, don't. i don't, I'm fucking playing it. If we have to have the episode chopped up after that, then that's fine. And All when, right. When we, when we come back, we will have the trailer for Eyeball.
0: This will keep you quiet.
2: Oh, hi there.
0: I didn't see it. you. You call me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash Podcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for $5, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash Podcasts. We appreciate it and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room.
2: Dude, the fucking score in this movie kicks ass. It has to fucking be in there.
4: Yeah, it really does, because it's a yeah, it's really good. Really well done.
2: So what I'm gonna do, a little fucking cheat that I'm gonna do here in the future, and just to kinda save Bo is I'm gonna fade from the score or whatever piece that might be you know get taken out or need to be taken out and i'm going to fade yeah. it into royalty free music so what people are hearing underneath i'm going to try and match up as best i can with royalty free music we'll see what happens
5: there
2: you go <laughs> or i just might throw something in there for the background until i play the trailer
3: yeah how far can you go before your nerves break before your heart stops before your eyes leave your body Eyeball, the most blinding horror ever seen. Eyeball. Now, one of them is out to kill all of them. All of yourself. When you least expect it, when you have no way to fight back, a stabbing nightmare becomes a living terror. Eyeball, the screams you hear may be your own. Eyeball. No fear has ever come this close. No suspense has ever gone this far. For every murder, for every victim, there is no warning. Don't blink. Don't turn around. Don't even move. Now you'll witness the darkest vision of horror. Eyeball. It'll open your eyes and freeze your blood escape it because everywhere you hide everywhere you turn this is the curse from which there is no way out how far can you go before your nerves break before your heart stops before your eyes leave your body eyeball you may never live to see the end of it
2: Jesus Christ, I have to see this movie.
3: Yes, and you already did. (laughs)
2: I saw the movie that had footage featured in the trailer, but what they were trying to sell, that's what I want to see, man. That sounds incredible.
4: Yeah, it does. It sounds like a really great movie.
2: Don't get me wrong, dude. I fucking love Eyeball, but that trailer did not deliver any of the stuff that's actually in the movie. It really is just all hype.
4: You're really true. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Eyeball, the first 20 minutes, we start out with a lady in an airport. She's looking rather nervous. You can tell this is the old days because everyone's smoking in the airport and do whatever the fuck they want without like a paramilitary person there getting ready to kill him. Um, so then she gets on her flight and, uh, well, first of all, she changes her flight because it's supposed to go to New York and she changes it to go to Barcelona. We see on the flight, she is very out of it, very preoccupied. Like the stewardess is like, here's your water and has to like tell her like three, four times. So there are some problems there.
2: Yeah. She's not all there. Something's not right about this woman.
4: Yeah. Uh, then we cut to a tour bus of a lot of different folks all from America. We have, uh, one like family, like normal family, like a uh, mom, dad, dog. We have an older priest. We have uh, a grandfather and his granddaughter. Uh, we have uh, a couple ladies, one being a photographer, we have a couple who kind of are bickering constantly. The white the husband's talking about he's from Barcelona, he's talking about different stuff, and she's kind of tired of his storytelling, she doesn't care about what replaced what, so it's kind of like wow, that's kind of a bitch move. Um They
2: say Barcelona it, a shit ton in this film. Yes. They're trying to tell you they're in Barcelona, so many fucking times. I just started repeating Barcelona. The, so
4: wait, hold on. They're in Barcelona?
2: Yeah. But I would repeat oh, okay. it. Every time they said it in the movie, my wife Bev yeah. was watching this with me last night. And every uh-huh. time they said Barcelona in the film, I just repeated you, back Barcelona.
4: Barcelona? Barcelona.
2: Because <laughs> the, the, the then, Caesar, you're usually pronouncing a th sound th- for that in, th- the, in the in the yeah. native tongue. So I yeah. kept I kept correcting them, like just jokingly. But the problem was everyone said Barcelona so many fucking times that I drove Bev insane.
4: Yeah. Oh well I mean, you know I'm surprised it took till now.
2: I mean, she was probably there before it, but like, like I was. I was 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 like, are you sure
4: this is what drove her insane?
2: It was. (laughs) uh, This particular incident was extremely irritating for her, is what I'm saying.
4: Gotcha. Also, on this bus is a young lady, uh, just kind of by herself. She's the only person who's by herself besides the old priest. Uh, Well, uh, they are all kind of driving, and the tour guide is telling a lot of things. And the uh, American family, the mom and dad, their daughter, she gets up and he starts checking out her ass because. Because, well, he's a bit creepy. But they make note of what he does there. So Did uh, the he
2: kid- check out the mother's butt or the kid's butt?
4: It was the kid's butt. The tour guide is checking out the girl's butt. He adjusted <laughs> his rearview mirror for it and everything. And I'm like, how do you get a rearview mirror in a fucking uh, uh, bus? But whatever.
2: Clearly, this pervert put it in there so he could look at it or himself.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is probably not the first butt he's been checking out.
2: Yeah. I
4: remember Bev
2: noticing that too, and being really grossed out by the driver. Like, really, yeah, just instantly. You should be grossed he's, out. He's yeah. a
4: fucking gross person. I'm not arguing that. <laughs> well, they get to the hotel, and the uh, young woman with the glasses was kind of by herself. She had had a call for her. Uh, she thought that was weird because she didn't think anybody knew she was going to be at this hotel Uh, but nothing more is known Uh, then that young American girl she's kind of sitting there and we see the tour guide lets a mouse out right at her like a live mouse and he scares her and he starts laughing because she's screaming like maniacally laughing and I don't know how if you're not the father of this girl you're not beating the ever living shit out of this guy like right away
2: this guy was so fucking irritating dude
4: yeah I, I just I really Disliked him from the get-go. <laughs> yeah,
2: I would totally smack the ever-loving shit out of that dude.
4: Oh yeah, I'd beat the l- I mean fuck out of him. I'd be like, all right, we're about ready to have an international incident, I guess, because I'm gonna beat the fuck out of you. <laughs> Someone call the American consulate. I'm gonna need him. So um then uh everyone kind of like stares him down too. Everyone's everyone's kind of on our boat. Everyone's looking at him like you are a gross motherfucker. Uh <laughs> So then, uh, we cut to one of the grandfather he's kind of looking around and, uh, they're all kind of out and about now. They're all about town. They're kind of checking. They all just got into town. So they're all just doing some sightseeing, checking stuff out. And the grandfather stops the, uh, one, the one, uh, the one woman who was by herself and says, have you seen my granddaughter? And she goes, oh, I'm sure she's just off sightseeing. And he goes, well, she better not be spooning with a boy or else I'll be angry. And I'm like, that's fucking weird, bro you're you're way way entirely too much into your granddaughter's sex life.
2: <laughs> like why is it spooning's particularly that he objects to? Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. Apparently he's probably down for fucking, but spooning is going too far. <laughs> it's just too romantic. <laughs> it's
2: far too cavalier in your love life to show that kind of intimate cuddling.
4: So anyway, uh, then we cut to this young couple who are not part of this group at all. They're kind of, you know, hugging, saying goodbye. They can't be out in, you know, in front of anybody, like, cutting like this because her father works nearby and they don't particularly want him to know apparently how close they are. They say goodbye and the girl walks away. And then she is attacked by someone wearing a red glove. She stabbed right in the eye and then stabbed into her body, killing her. The priest who is with the group or Reverend I guess finds her and as does the other lady who is you know by herself on this trip she turns around and runs into a man that she apparently knows and that actually leads to our first clip.
1: I'll never be able to forget how it looked. That awful eye sucked. That blue eye staring as though she was looking straight
6: at me. Listen Paulette. The best thing is to try not to think about it.
1: Why did you come here, Mark? Why complicate things between us?
6: Alma and I did nothing but argue the last 10 days in Paris. So, I decided. I decided not to go back to America with her. I told her I'd join her there in a few days. Instead, I've come to Barcelona. I wanted to see you again. I need to have you near me.
1: No, Mark, not under these conditions. I've already told you. Your wife and I are going to compete only on an equal basis. I just don't feel it's proper to take advantage of her ill health. So until Alma's okay, please let me alone. I can wait, Mark.
6: That is not true and you know it.
1: The first time was a mistake. I'm going to see to it that it doesn't occur again. I refuse to be a plaything. To work for you and to be in love with you. It's just too difficult. Really, Mark. You understood me. Say you have?
6: It's only a matter of a short while, Paulette. Alma didn't go back to Burlington. I managed to convince her to undergo some treatment in a New York clinic. She's suffering from a general nervous collapse. That's all it is. And I'll talk to her when she's better. I'm sure she'll realize that the only possible solution is a divorce.
1: Until then, what do you intend to do for now?
6: Stay here with you.
1: You know all Burlington is here, your good reputation, darling.
6: It's a risk that I prefer to
4: take all right, so uh, we might know why now that one lady looks very preoccupied <laughs> at the airport
2: yeah, so she was supposed to be heading back to New York from Paris and he already left for Barcelona, and so that's why she decided to come to Barcelona.
4: Are you trying to annoy me now too <laughs> Is that what we're doing today? (laughs) Then we cut to a couple of cops are talking about the case. And we get the old trope. We get the old cop who's so close to retirement and the young cop who's going to take his place. Yeah, but this Uh, trope
2: goes back to this movie in 1975. I wonder who used it before this.
4: Yeah, right? I mean, this is a long time ago. Do you you think this is the first movie that's ever done that? Right. You're referring
2: to a trope in action films that you're aware
4: of. But maybe this is where they got it from. Maybe this is where it started i don't
2: know there's got to be another movie that did that three days to retirement cop but he literally says like he's got three days and this is going to be his last case
4: yeah then he's going to go fishing i'm surprised he didn't say like man i'm getting too old for this shit right and he doesn't even give a fuck whether or not he solves
2: it before he leaves he thinks it would be nice but he'll hand it off if he has to and be like whatever he's
4: more annoyed about this than anything else right
2: he's like i got three days left fuck this (laughs) God damn. Which is a refreshing way of doing it. If it is, if it's a cliche, even this far back, yeah, they're at least doing it in a way where the guy's like, I give zero fucks. I don't want to do this.
4: I mean, I I, I'll solve it if I have to, but I'd rather not.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'd I'd rather just spend my three days sitting around in the office, but geez, thanks.
4: You'd be like, man, the guy who trained me his last three days, in three days, he would sit around, get drunk in the office and just fuck around. I have to actually work. How
2: times have changed.
4: Yeah. Well, as they talk, he asks his young cop, he's kind of condescending to his young cop and constantly as like, look at the young cop as you can't wait to replace me. I mean, he's constantly saying this kind of shit. So uh, that, he obviously yeah, that's has some issues. kind of a thing.
2: Well, abusive police officers are given, but like um, <laughs> somebody picking on their assistant or their, you know, would be replacement or whatever. Yeah. Or someone That's just yeah, like just kind of getting at them, you know, as, yeah. as part of the process. Well, you even saw that in uh, the Weekend Murders. Remember that one detective that was kind of a blundering idiot that was always talking shit to the oh, cop yeah. underneath him? They were to, doing... the, to the beat cop, who right. was Like,
4: yeah, you're not sophisticated,
2: <laughs> right? They sometimes for like witty banter, they'll do that where they'll have like them get at each other a little bit. Like,
4: yeah, I I thought it was just kind of horseshit. So. Well,
2: he's kind of doing some. Fr- I think it's friendly ribbing. He's just trying yeah. to make it seem worse than it is because he's like, you can't wait to. Get Get rid of me well I can't wait to go you know that kind of thing
4: yeah Um, so anyway then he says well he gets a call and he goes have you ever seen an autopsy well they go to the autopsy and that is our next clip now the blade entered the abdomen twice from a high angle
7: those blows were inflicted with extreme violence I'd say it was the perforated liver as well as profound loss of blood abdominally and how about the mutilation of the eye obviously it was a case of torture before she died huh? excuse me doctor are you saying the killer is a sadist? I wouldn't rule it out. What type of weapon was it? A knife sharp as a razor. It had to be to do that. I would uh, imagine some sort of stiletto. What have you got on the victim? My name was Pepita Valero she was 18 years old, and her father owns a flower store on the Rambles Just a stone from where she was killed. No one saw the murder? No, no one, unless you count an old American minister that reported he heard the victim screaming. Where is this minister?
4: At that point, we cut to all the tourists are eating dinner at the hotel, uh, uh, restaurant. The Reverend is talking about how, you know, if you had just been three seconds or four seconds earlier, you may have caught the person, or maybe even been able to help. Um, at this point, this Paulette this Paulette Stone, she shows up with and to everybody to Mark as her boss, not particularly as her lover, but definitely as her boss. Uh, uh the couple who are constantly bickering like the wife who constantly is being mean to her husband she actually knows Mark's wife they're all from Burlington and she says she wouldn't be too happy as she as he's cheating right now and the reverend can't really believe that but you know you need to get with the times there rev no boss meets up his you know his worker in and- Barcelona for no reason at all. Barcelona? <laughs> that's yes, I'm Barcelona. Yes. Barcelona? Barcelona. Uh, but, you know, that's not something. If, if a boss shows up to meet up his employee in Barcelona for no b- reason at all, yeah, there's definitely some shit going on. <laughs>
2: If a boss meets up with his employee mid-vacation, something's going yeah. on. It doesn't, yeah, yeah. Uh, whether or not it's in Barcelona, it doesn't matter. It's, there's some flies
4: she's, on that shit. Yeah, he's
2: mid-vacation and he's showing up for a good time.
4: Yeah, yeah. There's definitely some flies on that shit. So uh, then, uh, Mark's. Uh, everyone's kind of asking what Mark does, and Mark says he works in promotions and all that. They're kind of talking. He's talking to the American couple and their and their daughter. She that daughter then gets a gift, and it's some mechanical prank spy thing and it crawls out and it scares her and this again makes the tour guide laugh maniacally and then have this really weird looking face it's just like wow dude you are just the fucking worst
2: yes yeah Yeah. it's at this point um both myself and my wife looked at each other and went that dude is a dick
4: yeah that dude is a big time dick (laughs) <laughs> like wow that's just some horrendous shit right there
2: i think i said that he was a dick and bev said yeah he's a real asshole
4: yeah he's he's and he's and he's a little rapey right now Little rapey little rapey <sighs> he's fucking gross yep so uh but then we cut to the next day, and uh they're pretty much going to what would be called, it's raining heavily, so everyone's going to get raincoats. Yeah, they're slickers. And, slickers, yeah. Uh Red slickers. And it's raining heavily, but they're at kind of what would be they what someone equated to, this is Barcelona's Coney Island. So it's like a fun little park area type. Peer type stuff like that
2: and the rain isn't going to last forever so
4: yeah so everyone's going to go out and they're going to everyone's going to have a good time yeah
2: they're going to make time with what they got they're going to just yeah. try to have fun regardless
4: well a bunch of the girls uh the you know the one photographer woman her what we find out later her girlfriend and the young you know uh the the girl who's uh the daughter of the american couple they all decide to go on this tunnel thing where each one gets into their own individual car
2: uh i will say that i am a mark for all of of these haunted tunnels or haunted houses or who is any of these things like i fucking love these especially the dark ride version where it goes dark and they do flashes of stuff and everything i dig these yeah
4: no i'm with you i i'm i always have loved these things um it's one of the reasons why uh it it's not really a haunted it wasn't wasn't i should say a really haunted ride but it was always cool as mr toad's wild ride at disney (laughs) Fucking love that thing well that
2: yeah well that and uh, haunted mansion is pretty much the closest to a dark ride disney does. yeah yeah uh, and
4: haunted mansion's fun as well i love that shit too but yeah i don't know why mr toad's wild ride just you know tickled me when i went on it that's because mr toad
2: is drunk that's why his ride is wild
4: yeah yeah, right? No shit. Uh, or he's high on something. So um then while in there, in the tunnel, the young American girl is attacked by, again, somebody with red gloves and wearing one of those red slickers. She is also stabbed in the eye and then repeatedly stabbed, killing her. She comes out of the ride and she's very dead and a cyclops. And she's holding that prank toy that she was given from the tour guide. And that ends our first 20 minutes. So a pretty action-packed first 20 minutes as well.
2: The first two murders, they kind of cut away and they don't do like a lot of showing the stab wounds and things like that. But as they go, the kills get more brutal and more visceral and more bloody yeah. but the severed eye or the what's supposed to be like the eye socket they somehow make it look like it is actually going deeper into the eye than what it is and it's actually sitting on top of the eye and it's still proportional and it looks like it's built into the actor's actual like eye socket somehow yeah. and it still is it's whatever they did is very convincing
4: yeah the eye injuries are all very gruesome looking yeah like not not you don't may not be able to see the attack on the eye, but when you get to see the victim after everything's done, it is very yeah, disturbing. It's it's very well done.
2: And the thing is, they're surgically removed so well that the damage to the eyelids are minimal. So it's just like the eye is just gone. Like yeah. it just got plucked out somehow by the yeah. knife, which is really fucking harrowing to think about that the killer would be that skilled. And then the frenzy kill at the end of it is just to get them to stop screaming and to shut up. Like yeah. the eye is clearly the thing that is important because. Because it gets the most care when it's being removed even though it's still a frenzied thing we've seen that in both of the kills the eyeball is taken first and very very swiftly and very carefully and then the frenzy killing begins
4: yeah no, oh, very true very true but yeah i like that i like i like that it's been action-packed i like that it's harder doing notes when you have this many characters who are involved with the story, but at the same time, it makes viewing this movie so much better to watch uh, when you have this many things going on. So I kind of like that as well. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it sets up a really great whodunit. Like, we have a lot of, you know, real suspects right now so
2: did you notice that this film keeps doing the thing where the main guy that is the would be boss lover of his uh, would be assistant you notice how he seems to be like the lead investigator with the body yeah every time there's a murder over everything yeah yeah, but like he's the civilian investigator in the group like that's that's his role that's his jally box to fill Uh, but he does this thing where like right off the bat on the first murder like everybody that gathers around the body he looks at them all like Agatha Christie style suspicious. And then we yeah, see yeah. that we see dun, that dun, on dun. camera. Yeah. And then the camera holds on each individual person and just kind of pans around the folks and just goes to the different people. And then it'll cut yeah. back to him and he's still looking suspicious at something. And then they yeah. cut back to the people. They did that for like every single murder by the 20, by the second time it happens, I noticed it, but I didn't say anything. But then, like, the third or fourth time, <laughs> that I think Ben yeah, noticed it on the third time. always looking at
4: all, all the uh, quote-unquote suspects.
2: Right. And, like, do you the- think
4: they do that because they're trying to set up that he's not a suspect at all? We're not supposed to believe he is. And we're supposed to believe that he's... Like, later on, we see what appears to be like he's getting set up. So we're supposed to just constantly believe that we're... Like, this is the movie telling us, listen, I know what you guys, everyone's going to be thinking. He's, he's not a suspect. He's constantly... But someone's trying to set him up. Or they just did that to do it. Well, there
2: is a sort of jolly trope where the person who is suspected of the killing will do investigating to try and clear their own name. Yeah. Uh, the person who is like the amateur sleuth would be detective almost always is somewhat suspected and that's why they get involved with it or they've seen something, but they can't remember what it is. And then they're a threat and they're about to be killed. So they need to figure out who the killer is so they can get them arrested before they die.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. (laughs) Uh,
2: you know, that kind of, that kind of thing. So the, the, the persecution of the guy that's going to be your hero, hero of the film or or your protagonist or the guy who's going to help solve it, you know, that that's kind of a thing that they'll do so like the, the police will always swoop in and the person that they suspect they snag their passport in a giallo and that does happen later on in this film but it's like the whole fucking yeah. bus
4: <laughs> yeah yeah they, they they tend to take everyone's passports right. in this one
2: right so it's it's just it's just kind of a thing <laughs> just yeah. it's just uh, another it's one just, of those it's things a thing. yeah I mean it's just another one of those type of jolly boxes man it's a thing
4: yeah it, it's, a, it's a thing
2: yeah it's been officially ruled it's a a thing.
4: thing great i just wondered. i you know i just wondered um all right we start the next 20 minutes uh the talks cops are uh the cops are all talking to the group uh they know it's definitely the same killer uh same mo same weapon was used uh, the grandpa then kind of just starts spouting off uh, about how if this was America this be solved quick he's seen crimes like this before solved the snap of a finger and why is it taking him so long he's being a general dick so he's being an American um,
2: yeah it was gross the, to watch that in 2021
4: yeah yeah and then uh, everyone starts bringing up how you know the tour guide was a sick fucking weirdo with this girl and being a fucking asshole uh, uh, as so they the, should the,
2: f- clear, yeah. the first p- fucking police officer they get around and then once the murder stuff is taken care of they're like oh by the way this guy's a creep I, that was the right thing to do it's like the first good decision they all make
4: i agree and so they take that guy away because you know fuck him
2: yeah he's been a fucking creep on a fucking teenage girl
4: yeah right yeah. jesus
2: he's gross take him away
4: <laughs> so then uh that um that night uh in different rooms we see d- different stuff going on one of the probably the best rooms is the uh the uh lesbian couple in their room uh why is that matt well because one of them's topless thank you movie thank you movie and it's not like you know they're not topless under duress they 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 are just laying in bed wanting to be that way um
2: <laughs> the only duress but- is that i was watching this with my wife
4: <laughs> <laughs> i yeah. did say thank
2: you movie every time boobs popped up though
4: good job we're proud of you, proud of you. you
2: and i you're survived
4: least, you're being polite That's important. Um, So
2: (laughs) she did laugh at me for doing that, though, because she thinks I'm ridiculous.
4: Well, we are ridiculous. I mean, that's not... (laughs) Right, but the fact that I actually
2: do say thank you movie to the movie,
4: (laughs) she thinks I'm ridiculous. I I, I was too busy going, oh, I wonder if we're going to see the other one, too. So anyway, uh, but however, they have a fight as her girlfriend accuses the other one of constantly ogreling that young girl who was just murdered, and then even inferred that she might have killed her. Well, that makes her girlfriend mad, and she slaps her, and so that girl starts crying, and... Uh, you know, so the other woman they she starts comforting her, saying she's sorry. That and you know, I mean, it, it's an abusive relationship at this point. That's that's a little wrong and then remember what
2: I was telling you about the slapping women around right before seducing them as a giallo thing you're you're seeing it in a lesbian couple
4: yeah because then she starts seducing her they start rubbing one another and apparently that's supposed to be it so yeah I said this was a thing in
2: giallos it's uncomfortable it's unfortunate but it's a thing that exists everything
4: was really fine in this scene until this moment (laughs) that I was just like oh my god (laughs) yeah well (laughs) and I'm okay with the
2: sex scene I just I'm not okay with the violence and then immediately yeah, turns into I'm a sexual about. arousal is, yeah that's not cool man this is not cool um <laughs> unless this is a pre you know pre-arranged thing between two consenting adults that you know this is how they get down yeah. <laughs> with a safe uh, word that's yeah, not right? cool okay.
4: yeah yeah if, they're, if she was like woo, and then they you know they, they went to work that way that's fine you know i i don't begot anybody in their ways to get down as it's consensual
2: Right, but it was clearly an abusive strike. That's, yeah, it's an
4: abusive strike. And then it was, it
2: was gaslighted with sex.
4: Yeah, exactly. Um, so then we cut to the couple that kind of always bickers and fights and the wife wants to leave town, but the husband says he's not leaving Barcelona until he sees where his unit was bombed. So he must've been there during the war. The wife goes, weren't you injured? And he goes, yes. And she goes, where? And he reaches for the back of his head. And for some reason she starts laughing at him. Did you get that more than I did? Did I miss something there? Uh,
2: He points at the back of his head.
4: Yeah. and Does she, But she just starts laughing about it. So I'm kind of like, wow, you're really fucking mean that's a oh no no I mean, yeah she
2: she laughs at his he had a brain injury because he's a yeah. little he's a little off yeah he is so, a little okay. off and she's making fun of her somewhat invalid husband here
4: who, who was injured during the fucking war right she right sitting, sit there, you're, you're not a really good person
2: right and if you don't remember the conversation that happens after that she infers that he's lying that the injury might have been his crotch because his dick doesn't work
4: oh she See, does okay. imply
2: that later on, that his dick doesn't work. So he's pointing at his head. She starts laughing and then says, that's not the head. That's yeah. a problem or something. Oh, yeah, lines. yeah,
4: yes. Thank you. Okay, that's what I missed. That's why she started
2: Which laughing. is even more of a fucking bitch thing to
4: yeah, do. That's a that's a horrific thing to do to somebody.
2: Especially a war veteran who is being open yeah. about an injury he survived. And
4: also trying to share with her his previous life in barcelona which maybe she doesn't know about and she is just not interested which tells me she just does not love this guy and this is a complete and utter dead marriage right he's
2: trying to connect with her he's trying to yeah. make it work it seems from what we're being yeah. shown here and yeah she's I mean, totally I'm not just fucking he's a great guy either
4: but jesus christ dude <laughs> well no he's a scumbag but in this moment yeah. he's the victim yeah in this moment he's he's being victimized by his wife uh <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm not so sure. There, this could be a heel program all the way around. I'm just saying, it's
2: a fucking Jello. You have to get used to that.
4: Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's, it's very true. <laughs> Jesus Christ, they're Agatha um,
2: Christie movies done as a heel program.
4: Yeah, nope, you're completely right. <laughs> so anyway, then we cut to Grandpa and Granddaughter's room where she's sleeping and he's just sort of, kind of, he's shaving, but he's kind of staring at her in a really weird way. Just uh
2: yeah, this sent off my creep radar real yeah. hardcore and even Bev was a bit suspicious about this yeah. like what the fuck is wrong with this guy
4: yeah I was, I was I was not comfortable with this Um, just then the guy from the fighting couple shows up to his door and he's wondering if he has every anything for his wife who can't sleep and the guy's like yeah I got a tranquilizer for her. it's like that's fucking weird why why does everyone here have a fucking tranquilizer getting a little concerned about that too dude uh, it was
2: the 70s in Europe they handed this shit out like candy
4: I guess. Jesus.
2: Doctors were like, oh, you're having trouble sleeping here? Throw some tranquilizer at it, dude. They gave housewives uppers to try and help them keep their weight down. So they had That's to give true. them downers to put them to bed at night.
4: So uh, anyway, um, then the, the guy sees the razor blade in the grandpa's head. And of course, he gets nervous because people are dying on the strip. He's like, no, no, I'm shaving. He, he obviously is. He has shaving cream all over him. So um, then we cut to uh, Mark and Paulette. They call New, uh, New York. Mark's going to check on his wife. But uh, we find out the wife never checked into the hospital in New York. So uh, Mark then goes back to the first murder site to check it out. Well, the boyfriend of the girl uh, girl killed there catches him looking at it and says he must be the murderer. So Mark actually punches him and runs off. And they say they're going to alert the police that he was there. So that's kind of begins the whole process of Mark kind of incriminating himself.
2: Yeah, but this, this just is something that happens not even necessarily in just giallos. There is often someone who has to investigate to to clear their own name. Yeah. Cause not even the cops will I mean, believe him. at this him.
4: point though, his name wasn't even fucking dirtied yet, he, but it is now because he's there.
2: Right. He stuck his nose in when you probably shouldn't have. And yeah. now he's got to investigate his way out of this now.
4: Yep. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so then, uh, he runs and he gets, uh, he runs right into the reverend who says he's glad he's found him. The reverend tells him he got a message right after his wife, uh, or right after he left and the message that, he, uh, mark reads it is that his wife is in town and in a hotel there so that's not good uh he goes to the hotel where it's supposed to be and uh goes into the room he gets in the room after talking to a uh to the front desk person but there's no one in the room but he does find a bloody dagger as he finds this he has a vision of his wife passed out by a pool holding said bloody dagger um Then the phone rings. He answers it, but no one's there. So he kind of wipes down the handle and runs off. Later on, Mark and Paulette are having lunch in this little cafe. And she keeps questioning about, like, where he's been, what's wrong. He must know something she doesn't because he's being quiet. And he gets pissed and says he won't take this kind of cross-examination and he leaves. Uh, Later on... We see a girl, a tavern working girl. She's taking out some slop to some pigs. Uh, the priest actually stops her and says, you know, you've been working so hard, and he tries to offer her money and she doesn't take it. Uh, she walks out, uh, as she feeds the pigs, um, we see the red clad glove figure come up and stabs her in the eye, and then stabs her repeatedly, killing her.
2: Again, when we actually see the severed eye socket, even the eyelid looks relatively intact, so whoever does that this is really really good at removing eyes with a knife
4: yes yes or yeah very uh very proficient in the uh removement there
2: yeah and uh, the actual attack again is just a frenzy crazed kill yeah yeah, not exactly. not even really aiming for any particular thing other than just to make sure that the person dies.
4: Uh huh. Nope. You're exactly right. So, uh um, so then, um, we cut to we see Paulette goes to like the town well and is cleaning off some muddy shoes, and the wife of the bickering couple sees this. Well, the cops show up and they let everyone a new murders happen. Um, then that the arguing couple's husband he shows up and he's all marked up he's got a bloody lip he's got scratches on his hand and that leads to our next clip you were saying senor Alvarado? there's nothing more to
7: tell you the girl was over by the fountain washing clothes she had a miniskirt that was up to here i said something to her and i guess i took her hand it was a mistake all right i admit it anyway she got mad and she scratched my hand yeah and immediately afterward the young woman is not to be found And no one else around here knows the girl. Now that's strange. If not impossible. Inspector, if you think I'm guilty, put me under arrest. But explain to me why in the world I'd be so likely to gouge out that servant girl's eye and Peggy and the girl on the ramblers. It's absurd. Perhaps. But your story of the girl in the miniskirt is equally difficult to believe. It happens to be the truth. Uh, Inspector. Yes?
1: Since he killed her in that mud hole, wouldn't the killer have the gunk all over his shoes?
7: Probably, yes.
1: A little while ago at the fort, our palette was scrubbing her shoes at the fountain. They were covered with mud, just like those of your sister.
7: May, may I see those shoes, Miss Stone, if you don't mind?
1: Here you are, sir. It was hot, and I always carry a pair extra. So I put those away and put on the others.
7: And the first pair, you washed them in the fountain?
1: Naturally. Otherwise, I would have gotten my brand new bag all dirty.
6: We could check them uh, scientifically. There could easily be traces of mud on them. Think we should give it a try?
7: Lara, it's elementary, as I'm sure you're aware, that simple walking can get a pair of shoes quite dirty. Now, you take those shoes and you uh, you bathe them in water.
6: A little mud is no doubt going to farm them, right? Inspector, none of us could have killed those girls, I'm sure of it. The murderer isn't one of us. How you can be so dead sure, I'd certainly like to know.
2: All right, so the mud and then the muddy shoes and then the muddy shoes being washed off and that being witnessed sets up a sort of red herring.
4: Yeah, well... Or not red herring,
2: Well, because, well at I mean, th- at this moment, we're led to believe that we're, yeah. we're we've got a sort of red herring.
4: Yeah, because really, it's being pushed hard that this guy's Mark's wife is the killer.
2: Right, that's what Mark believes or wants it to yeah. be true.
4: And kind of with all the evidence shaping up that we have so far seen, yes, yeah. yeah. But that's in these movies, also jalo. Whoever the most likely suspect is. it's it's not who you want to believe. (laughs) That's what they've also noticed about these type of movies.
2: Well, sometimes they just write out, give you information at the last minute and reveal a bunch of stuff and it's really just an excuse to watch a bunch of killing, but this is not one of those.
4: (laughs) No, no, it is not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, This
2: is still the whodunit mystery style thing, and I do like what what they're doing and they're kind of making it appear as the film is going on right now that Mark's wife flew to Barcelona to murder some fucking people and ruin Mark's happy you know trip without her
4: and maybe try to set him up to take the fall for it
2: right which would be an added bonus but for right now she's just enjoying making his life a living hell yeah 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 he's been saying that his wife is unstable and all of this stuff and he's been trying to kind of talk himself out of believing that it's possible and he wants to find proof that's where he starts investigating then he gets himself into the muck by being seen at the scene and now he's a suspect but i think at first his wife if she is the one doing it, was just trying to make his trip a living hell. Yeah. And, you know, framing him just became an added bonus in that aspect of it because it does seem like the killer is trying to frame him
4: and also she must have some mental off problems like what we saw earlier in the in the movie
2: yeah she was clearly something not completely well with her yeah. something's well, really wrong with her health.
4: realizing she's losing her husband to another woman so
2: well which would also cause you great distress and could yes. fracture you mentally to know that someone that you love and trust is just gonna leave you behind and abandon you and it's, exactly. it's alluded to later that she is physically ill as well. Yeah. And, and he's also, just I mean, abandoning her. The whole time. Yeah. And he's just abandoning her.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Not a good luck for Mark.
2: Oh, it's pretty much a heel program. <laughs> Let's go.
4: Yeah. Yeah. This is a, it's a heel pro. I mean, except for like the kids murdered who did like the young American girl murdered who didn't do anything, but get scared by the tour guide constantly. It's a fucking heel program. Uh, then Mark, uh, he goes, uh, back to the wife's hotel, but the front desk person says, she- she left for New York, uh, and she and he. But he also says he left. Some, she left something in the room, and it's a framed photo of her and Mark. Uh, Mark then rushes to the airport but And looks around Hears his wife names called for their flight Then another uh, le- uh, another worker gets a call And his wife cancelled her flight last minute Mark then runs into Lisa Who's one of the uh, photo- the photographer lady Who is uh, you know, one of the lesbians on the trip And shows a picture of his wife to her He tells her that if she sees her Anywhere on this trip To take pictures of her Because they're going to be very important We then see a red glove person at the airport, grab a bag, and leave. And that ends that 20 minutes.
2: All right, everything I was going to say for the end of the 20 minutes, we've kind of already said right in the middle of this one, so I'm good to move on.
4: All right, we can move on. Um, So then, uh, well, we open up with the cops talking, and that is our next clip. Go
7: on, get out of here, and don't forget what I told you. Oh, don't worry, Inspector. Eyes and ears will be
6: open. Yeah, me, you can trust with it. Don't worry. I'm with you. Go on, get out. Thanks.
7: It was a mistake to arrest him. Isn't that what you're thinking? Well, I wouldn't say that. Yeah, well, I'd say it was. That left eye. Surely it means something, wouldn't you say? Lara, even the craziest of the killers follows a certain logic. However absurd, mad as a hatter. There's always some logic to it. You can say that I'm stupid, but I think that if we discover the underlying symbol... Oh, symbolism. Is that what they taught you in that school, Lara? You continue to search for that murder weapon. Now City Hall's after us. I'm getting heat from the American Tourism Agency. A propose, sir, since they're all Americans. I think we should request a curriculum vitae on each of the members of the group. We could probably find out something useful that way. It's already gone in. Uh, I spoke yesterday with the secretary at the consulate, the surgeon, Mr. Willis. You see, I went up on you. Inspector, I didn't mean to suggest... I know you didn't mean to suggest anything. I'm just an Asian cop. It's only bad luck that these murders had to occur. Another week and I'd have been retired with nothing to
2: worry about. Okay, at the end of that clip, I just need to ask you something after hearing the older detective getting ready to retire. Yeah. How fucking amazing would Jackie Mason be in this role talking to that dude like that?
4: Oh, I know, right? Yeah, yeah. You think it's a bad idea? I never said that.
2: (laughs) Oh, you never said that. You Like just doing the double, triple talk thing that Jackie Mason always did where he would just like keep throwing shit out at people. I think Jackie Mason would have done an amazing job as like this like hard-boiled, getting ready to retire detective who just gave no shits and fucked with everybody like this guy's doing, because he, this guy's like the best part of the movie. He's so fun to watch. He just
0: wants to fish. (laughs)
4: Let the man fish. The trout are waiting for him. (laughs) Right.
2: I mean, he's kind of like, he's kind of like our best character, but since he's a cop, it's you know, still a heel
4: program. Yeah, it's still a heel program, but God damn it. <laughs> um, so the bickering couple, uh, uh, we cut to the bickering couple, and the husband wondered where the wife has been. She's like, I've been getting my hair done. He goes, you had to, you've been gone this long? She goes, it's long wait. And he goes, he looks at matches. It was for, like, this Barcelona hotel, and he goes, you went to the Barcelona hotel to get your you know hair done she goes they have like the best hair studio i guess so that's all a big bunch of fucking shit right there so they they've they definitely have trust in it. this marriage is done i mean it's just a toast marriage
2: it very much should be they would be much happier without each other
4: yes and i think both are just too stubborn to actually admit they may have failed at something
2: either that or they're like they're low-key sadomasochist that this is just how they get off true
4: yeah maybe they're like man this is how we get down but being pissed at one another Um, Mark, and then we cut to Mark and Paulette have a talk, and that's our next clip. Paulette, do you remember what happened about a year
6: ago, near my home in Burlington?
1: Yes, Hamilton mentioned it the other night.
6: That schoolgirl, Terry Moore, well, she was killed in exactly the same way.
1: I'd forgotten that poor girl was killed right in your neighborhood. Was she a friend? No. (laughs) These things, they, they do happen all over. Of course, in that case, they caught the killer immediately. He was a tramp, wasn't he, an alcoholic? He'd already
6: committed suicide just when they were about to arrest him. Now listen to me, Paulette, and don't interrupt. That man was innocent of that crime. I was already having trouble with Alma, even though nothing had happened between you and me. Her nerves had just given way. She knew she could never have any children. It made her even more jealous she used to get hysterical and she'd she'd faint do you remember i used to be like out of the office a lot at that time that day i went home earlier than usual the news had just spread of the murder they were looking for the killer i was driving a pontiac then remember i was about to open the garage when i saw something by the swimming pool Alma lay there, unconscious. And then I saw that she was holding a dagger in her hand, covered with blood. Yes, a dagger covered with blood. And on the ground next to her was a human eye. It was a nightmare. I remember that I cleaned the dagger off and put it back in its place in a drawer in my study. And then I dragged Alma bodily up to her room. It was two in the afternoon. The murder had been discovered a half hour earlier, about a hundred yards down the road.
1: But no, it's absurd. She couldn't do a thing. And besides, this is Barcelona. Alma's in America.
6: Paulette, Alma's here in Barcelona.
1: Have you seen her?
6: Not yet, but I know she's here. Yes? All right, I'll be right down. Thank you. Paulette, listen, I've got to go around to the consulate. Give me till tomorrow and I'll explain everything to you, all right?
1: All right, Mark.
6: Oh, yes, and I'd stay away from that Alvarado woman if I were you.
2: Wow, so he saw his wife with an eyeball and a bloody knife and then covered it up?
4: Yeah, covered for So, I mean, all these murders are kind of on you, Big Shoots, if that's what you found. Yes. I mean, I'm just saying. You gotta feel somewhat responsible. Maybe that's why he's taking upon himself to be Mr. Investigator now, uh, or he's just trying to cover his own hide again. Yeah, he's so, he's
2: not a good guy. He's either trying to help no. cover it all up and get his wife under control again, or he's just basically trying to cover his own ass because he covered it up the first time.
4: Yeah, he's he's definitely not a good guy. Yeah, there's he's, no way this
2: is- he, he's doing this out of his own self interest for sure. Yeah, one way or another.
4: Uh, oh, definitely. So then, uh, we cut to Lisa and her girlfriend. They're out at a club, a nice little discotheque. Um, they get in a fight because Lisa says, you know, I'm, did I, or Lisa, or her girlfriend asked Lisa to dance. Lisa's like, I don't dance. I don't like dancing. I came here. I said we could go to a discotheque, but I never said anything about dancing. So that pisses off the girlfriend. The girlfriend starts flirting with another lady at the bar and starts dancing with her. And as they move, um... Uh, The girlfriend isn't wearing any undergarments, and you see that. Yes. Yeah, so there you go.
2: Um, In uh, high-definition resolution, you... really see it.
4: Yeah, that's uh, they are, they're doing some stuff there. Um, I saw everything. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, um,
2: yeah. I brought him yeah. back. I had to.
4: You, you have to bring it back for that. I mean, holy shit. I mean, you did see everything. I <laughs> so, saw everything. Um, at this point, Lisa gets pissed and she leaves. She uh, is then in her room. She's getting ready for bed and uh, she she gets nude for that. So again, thank you, movie. I mean, nothing wrong there.
2: It's the photographer
4: again, correct? Yes, it's the photographer, Lisa, yeah. Yeah, but
2: this is I'll take this as a win because it's um definitely well, not under duress. She's just getting undressed nope. and uh
4: She's just getting ready for bed and she's getting on some lingerie. Yeah.
2: Which she is still someone, a thank you movie.
4: Yeah, she gets she, she hears someone come in. She tells uh she thinks it's her girlfriend says get in the bed because it's the only proper way to uh make up after a fight. And who's to argue? You know, who needs open and honest communication where well, you can just go into the bed apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> duh, duh, <laughs> fucking asshole! <laughs> Don't be a jackass, Matt. So, uh, uh, before that, the killer looks by the bed and sees a picture of Mark and his wife, and he rips the picture in half, taking the half that has the wife in it. Then, uh, the killer comes in, kills Lisa just by stabbing her and slitting her throat, not cutting out her eye. Then starts going through all her photo negatives, starting to look at the little photos that she's got. Then the girlfriend, uh, comes back and she comes in and is knocked down by the killer as the killer runs out. She sees Lisa and screams and this wakes up a lot of the men in the hotel. Um, The one dude who's he and his wife are where he's bickering. He knows she's gone. He runs out and the grandpa says he realizes his granddaughter's gone. Well they both run into the uh, Lisa's room and they run right into Mike who is already helping the girlfriend. Then telling him that the other lady was killed. So then they chase outside and are joined by paulette and the bickering wife so then they're all going outside trying to find someone they find the raincoat with blood on it and then the granddaughter shows up so now we cut to the cop has everyone together they're asking mike if he found anything in the room and we see a flashback where mike actually took his half of the photo and put it in his pocket so he says and then he says no no i didn't find anything so then the cops question the rest of the group and that is our next clip you tell me where you were at the time of the crime
1: well, I couldn't get to sleep and I didn't want to wake Rami here, so I, I put a robe on. I felt like a smoke and a walk out in the garden. It was on my way back that I saw someone run out of the hotel, headlong into the bushes.
7: You recognize him?
1: I couldn't see, it was dark in the bushes. Don't forget, I'm no night fighter. Inspector, this person looked like a big cat, a big, a big red sort of crimson cat.
7: Ah, huh. well, I must say that's interesting. And you, young lady, what were you doing in the garden at that hour? Just a minute, you can't think. Asking questions, Mr. Hamilton, is part and parcel of this job. Do you mind remaining quiet, please? Now, Jenny, come, answer me.
1: I sneaked out of the hotel. There's a discotheque near here.
7: Mm, I see. Would you mind trying this on, Jenny? Oh, now, please. Would you help, please? Excuse me, Inspector, but that raincoat is just one of the many that... uh that were company provided when it rained last Sunday, to all the passengers. All the passengers? The rain in Spain. So we always have at least 40, 45. And I'm sorry, they're all a standard measure, sir. I see. So you've all got red raincoats.
1: No, mine, I got rid of it, just yesterday morning. I don't have one either. I've lost mine.
6: And yours? I never had one. I didn't go to the fun fair with the others, I met them later. Mine I left on the bus. Here's my raincoat, Inspector. Arpege. Arpege?
1: Yes, I recognize the scent. It's a favorite of Paulette's. What are you suggesting? Are you suggesting I'm a murderess?
7: The explanation's simple. It's because Senorita Stone used to perfume to bring Peggy's mother around when she fainted on the way back to the hotel. I happened to knock against her accidentally and the bottle spilled all over the pile. I guess it got on hers. All right, now listen. All of you. I'm sorry, but I've got to request you turn in your passports. No one shall be allowed to leave the country until this case is solved.
2: So, like, in Dario Argento's Jolly films, Mm -hmm. one murder happens, the American is, like, the suspect, and their passport is taken after the first murder.
4: (laughs) Well, not in this one. This one, we wait (laughs) till you get a good number. And now, notice that the tour bus driver's all trying to be helpful now, of course.
2: Yeah, because he's already been to jail for being a prevert.
4: Yeah. After Lisa's funeral, Paulette is still very mad at Mike for not telling him the full truth about a lot of the things. Um then the cops show up and uh they uh the um tour guide asks if the group can still go visit the small town they wa- they were scheduled to. The cops feel, "Yeah, that's that's fine, of course. Why not? Just someone's killing the entire group, but it's small, so we can post some guards around there." That's that's real smart. <laughs>
2: Well, and they can probably get the killer to show themselves with the guards about. They're basically letting them do what they want to do. I suppose and they're that using them as prey, sense. so they can try yeah. and get the killer in the
4: act. Yeah, I suppose that's,
2: that makes sense. He's he's allowing them to do it, but that's really what he's doing.
4: He's using them in the same way he wants to fish. He's using them as bait, right?
2: And they're totally just—they get to do something, so they're happy. But like, he knows yeah. that's what's going to happen. He's like, "Yeah, one of them might die, but hey, we might catch the killer. So let him let Are him go.
4: You, fuck it, why not?" <laughs> On the drive down, um, the uh granddaughter finds a roll of film that was blown to. Leases. the priest took it it says he may, he'll make sure the girlfriend gets it then we cut to the cops are talking about the latest murder and they get an update about mark that apparently is a bombshell but you know we're, we're not told what it is yet yeah so they go dun 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 wait hang dun. on so then mark and paulette they're talking about how nothing they have is really concrete enough to blame on his wife they don't have enough like concrete evidence um mark is starting to think that maybe she has help and paulette's starting to think like it's a setup from like a rival company mark says he needs to go see the inspector and that ends that 20 minutes
2: so shit is getting real the inspector in his frustration has decided to let these people do what they want as bait
4: he has decided to yes he's they need to do something so might as well throw caution to the wind yeah and, and see if they can
2: <laughs> right it's going to be much worse if they're under lock and key in the hotel and one of them gets murdered at least out in the yeah. open they know it's an external force
4: yes exactly because
2: they want to catch the killer to punish them and i'm pretty sure that the people that are everybody's dying around them just want to get distracted by anything yeah. so they just want to go do something else besides being it's, locked up in murder central hotel
4: it's really a- amazing these people are just like you know fuck it uh, it's You know what? It's probably over now. No one else is going to be murdered. You know, they're constantly downplaying this, but it's a murder streak against their group.
2: Dude, they're (laughs) Americans. Of course, they're downplaying it.
4: (laughs) That's true. That's all we do is we downplay problems.
2: Yeah. Recklessly downplaying the deaths of other Americans. That's our bread and butter in this country.
4: (laughs) Man, downplaying the deaths of everyone. It seems to be our our fucking bread and butter in this country. Right. Yeah, (laughs) man. We're fucked up, aren't we? <laughs> we're all we're all sorts of messed up. America is um, a bunch of cunts. That's true. We're 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 dead. We're all messed up. So uh, we start the next twenty minutes. Uh, the girlfriend's in the hospital. She's feeling a lot better, uh, but she wants help going to sleep. So they give her some some knockout juice. Um, then we see a cop out front, you know, making sure she's okay. So she has a guard. Then the priest shows up to see her. And the head nurse, she says, okay, I have to ask the cop. So she runs back to grab the cop. They come back. The priest is gone. All that's left of the flowers he brought. Well, with the girl, we see someone outside and we see the light turn off. And they watch the light turn off in the girlfriend's room. Well, she's all drugged up and she sees a red figure coming for her. So the murderer's there. She's able to get up and get into the bathroom and get the door shut onto the killer but is knocked out in the process well the priest comes back and the cops are there waiting for him and he said well he he brought her candy but he was so excited to see her he left it so he had to go back and go get it he also has a briefcase with nothing in it because he says he had just bought it uh so then we cut to the tour guide the grandpa and the angry husband, they're all together in the lobby and they're talking about maybe they should all go back to, uh, they're all talking about like, uh, if they want to go see a show tonight and they all decide why the fuck, let's just go see a show. And then they Whatever, ask, uh, So what if people are dying? Let's just go it, see a show. That's how the convo truly went. I mean, it wasn't much more than that. <laughs> <laughs> and i uh, would
2: argue that this is not a very good representation of americans anywhere up to about four years ago
4: yeah yeah but uh, i mean i <laughs> yeah. it's perfect now <laughs> yeah as of right now though
2: america is a bunch of cunts. obviously pretty much yeah
4: they wonder where the wife of the bickering couple is she had to run back to barcelona again for something but she should be back later um They, um, they, then the, the granddaughter shows up and she goes, oh, I'm outnumbered. And they're going to invite Paulette. Well, they call the, they have the front desk caller, but she is set to be, not be disturbed. Uh, the priest comes back and the granddaughter asks if he wants to join them. And he says, no. And he goes to his room. Uh, we see Paulette is in the shower and, uh, she is nude. So
2: thank you movie.
4: Thank you movie she checks and wants to know if you know she has any messages and they're like nope no messages and you were set to do not disturb anyway she's like oh yeah well that's true bye and uh so nothing there um we see mark gets back to the hotel And then uh, he uh, calls for the priest, but uh, he is not in his room. So we don't know where the priest is. Um, The angry dude, while watching the uh, dance, says he's going to go check on his wife because she should be back by now. Uh, The granddaughter says she's going to head to bed. So uh, she heads off uh, to bed. But in actuality, she's heading off to have a quick dip in the pool. Um, As she's getting ready to jump in the pool, the killer runs up behind her and attacks her uh cuts her on her arms but she falls into the pool she jumps in the pool and she starts screaming this scares the killer off and people run up and they help her to keep her from drowning um the everyone's out looking for the killer cops find the dagger and they find mark uh they bring and they find that the dagger has mark's initials so the cop and mark talk and that is our next clip incredible
6: you are rank in jack the ripper's league Two attacks in a space of four hours. I've told you I was nowhere near that clinic. I came to Barcelona to see you and... Yes, to regale me with this absurd story about Burlington,
7: your wife, the Hotel Presidente, your dagger. Most interesting, but it doesn't ring
6: true. I don't buy it. I've already told you. Alma lost all her self-control. She was desperate. She hated younger women. She No. I can believe readily she was desperate for having stumbled
7: across your mania. Your lust for sadistic murder. That young woman
6: who was killed in Burlington, what have we got on that? That Terry Moore and Mark Burton were having an affair. Isn't that so, Mr. Burton? That's a bald-faced lie. Terry was my doctor's daughter. All right, so maybe she was a little infatuated with me, but that's all. Thanks for coming. I'm sorry to have disturbed you.
7: Please, sit down. Thank you. Forgive me, but I must ask an indiscreet question. Do you recall well that day of the killing? The girl in Burlington? Yes. And by then, had you entered into intimacy, the two of you?
1: Yes, Inspector, but not in the way you're suggesting.
7: Sorry, Miss Stone. It comes as no surprise, I guess, that the Moore girl and Mr. Burton here were having a relationship of that kind.
1: No, sir, I never knew that girl.
6: That'll be all. You can go now. Paulette, Listen. There was never anything between Terry and myself. You must believe me. Now listen to me, young man. Confess. Don't insult us with
7: this ridiculous tale. Your strange jet-setting wife, etc. Come, come. Then where is she if she's not here? Maybe she preferred sunny Florida to sunny Spain.
2: Reverend Bronson? Thank you. Wow, that detective's getting real sorts of Shirley.
4: Yeah, I mean, he is not happy, uh, but you can't blame him because it does sound like complete and utter horseshit.
2: <laughs> yeah, I like how he is starting to get short with them because he's getting sucked back in and it feels like he yeah. just, he knows that this could delay his vacation, but at this point he has to do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like he's he's kind of pissed that he has to solve this case because now he can't let it go and he knows it and that's what's really pissing him off.
4: Yeah, and I don't blame him. I'd be pissed off, too. I'd be like, man, I got fucking shit to do. <laughs> can, can we wrap this up? Could somebody just confess to this fucking grind, please? <laughs> right. So then everyone uh, gets their passports back because they think they found who the troublemaker is with Mark. Um, the girlfriend of Lisa hopes that she tells Paulette when she comes back that she hopes Mark burns. The priest wants to see the pictures as soon as the girlfriend gets them and she agrees. Um, he does not believe Mark is guilty of the crime. Uh, Paulette then calls for Mrs. Burton in Burlington, only to find out that she's not there. Then she starts asking for the best lawyer in Barcelona. Um, the cops are still talking to Mark. The hotel guy comes in, or the front desk guy, but seeing a picture of uh, Mar- of Mark's wife, he can't, Say it is or isn't her who checked in. Then we find out all the victims had the same color eyes. They were all like pale blue eyes. Uh, and all is the same victim and, and that is starting with this, the victim in Burlington. She had the same color eyes as well. Um, they were killed by a right hand person with the right hand and Mark has a flashback to his wife is left-handed. So Mark starts to Shouldn't you
2: idea. know what hand your wife
4: is? Right? Well, he know. I mean, I mean, but he didn't I don't think he knew that the killer was right-handed until now.
2: Right, but like shouldn't he have just said, "Well, my wife is left-handed," like and did we really need a flashback of all the times that we've seen that she's left-handed? That That's sh- true.
4: That, that should be the ass- that was
2: That should be the assistant or someone else figuring it out. It's like do you really need to think like of all the times you've seen them use their left hand to know they're left-handed?
4: Yeah, I think they were going for showmanship.
2: <laughs> yeah. um, (laughs) Right. I get it. I'm just saying like, it just didn't, it's, it's a weird flex for showmanship.
4: Yeah. Then we cut to the girlfriend. She's looking through the photos of Lisa. and She sees one and she has an issue with it and runs off to find the priest or the reverend. Well, we see the reverend is at this castle visiting it and talks to a young girl at this kind of school thing and comments on her eyes and how she has the same eyes as his daughter who died three months ago. The girlfriend we see is running up to the church. She's searching for the reverend. Um, I should say before this, they brought in a ton of like glass eyes that were the same color as the murder victim's eyes. And that also sparks something that Mark knows. So then um, we see the girlfriend. She's running through the church or through this uh, castle. The cops are heading to the castle now. Um, the girlfriend finds some blood on the door. And then she finds the reverend. And he is dead. Then the girlfriend goes to another room and finds Paulette over the girl. And popping her uh, th- then Paulette pops out her fake eye and then cuts uh the dead girl's eye out and is gonna pop it in right before the girlfriend screams. That was awesome. Yeah, that was uh that was hardcore. Um uh so then uh the girlfriend, she locks the door, she able locks the door, and then she goes to a door to the outside, but that's locked from the outside. She's trying to get the key out through like little like movement. Uh, well, she gets help getting the door unlocked, unfortunately, it was help from from Paulette, and she confronts her in our final clip.
1: Yes, it was I who killed those girls, and back in Burlington, the Moor girl. Their eyes, they always drove me crazy, those eyes. I was like them once. I was like you. Before this friend of mine ripped out my eye, playing doctor with me, leaving an empty socket. Helena had the bluest eyes in the world. She was never punished. I had to punish her. Don't look at my eye. Arsene, don't look at my
6: eye! No, Paulette! Let her go. You've already caused enough harm. It's over now.
1: Get out of here I'll kill her.
6: It wouldn't be any use. Just as it wasn't any use your stealing my dagger in the photo and passing yourself off as Alma at that other hotel. <laughs> Give yourself up, Paulette.
2: Nice info dump there at the end, dude.
4: Yes, I know, right? <laughs> that's why I had the, I was like, I'm going back and making that my final clip. My final clip was actually going to be that cop station one, but I'm like, nah, that's got to be the final clip. Too much info dump for not having it. Um, just then, uh, Paulette is shot by the police and killed. The Reverend had seen Paulette at a few of the crime scenes, so we kind of already had an idea that it was her. And in the picture the girlfriend saw, we see Paulette wearing the red gloves so that the killer had been wearing well and she's also
2: um, holding the knife too you yeah, see oh yeah, with the hold knife. The knife. yeah
4: yeah holding the knife
2: yeah like it, she's like getting out of her getting in her out of her bag and heading towards her first kill is what's going on there
4: so of course now that mark's uh sexual partner's dead uh he calls his wife alma and they talk and they may reconcile because he's a piece of shit
2: yeah that's um, where he's total heel program he just goes back yeah, to his wife yeah.
4: the cop the old cop sees him off it's the cop says he knew his wife was in florida the whole time because that's what he when, when he called the consulate it that's what he did so he knew mark's wife was in florida the whole time um in, in which elma told mark she was in florida and the cop actually made a reference to her maybe she went on a vacation to florida yes so then the the cop and the young cop talk he's gonna retire now be happy and go fish roll credits <laughs>
2: I just want to point out that uh, he also states that he was still able to solve it and get the case closed before going on vacation. Yeah. He does. Yes. He does get a little he bit. Does, of a he moment points to, that out yeah, as well. He does get he a takes little. takes a little bow. Yeah. He does a little bit of a bragging moment and then, you know, takes a little. He
4: even says, hey, what day is it? <laughs> he goes Sunday. You solved it just in time.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Just in time. Now he's on vacation for the rest of his life in retirement. So this whole reveal of why the killer is taking the eyeball that's that's a very like last minute twist thing that they do yeah. I'm not sure that losing your eye at such a young age would cause that kind of inferiority complex and, and trigger you to such said violence. I'm not, I'm not sure that's possible.
4: Yeah. I don't, I don't know about that either. Unless you were already predisposed to
2: be a little like violent and crazy, then yes, I could see where that would just be like a trigger, you know?
4: Yeah. And I, I, I'll say this, I, I, by halfway through this movie, I was like, I'm pretty sure Paulette's the killer. (laughs) Like, I'm almost positive that's where we're going with this. they really concentrate on the wife too much.
2: Yeah, they're, what they're trying to do is pull a reverse red herring on you where they're yeah. like, it couldn't possibly be them the whole time. You're like, no, that's, that's her, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
4: She definitely, She's definitely killing bitches over here.
2: <laughs> well, and they made a lot of the clues, like we probably didn't need the thing with the fountain because you really start to suspect her even without that. And the fountain really points her out early and makes you scrutinize her and then, you know, makes it even more obvious right off the bat.
4: Yeah, yeah, right.
2: (laughs) You know, and then, like, it turns out that it's, you know, Mark's knife, and the first killing that happens, it shows up in the hand of Mark's wife. She's trying to frame Mark's wife. Then Mark covers it up, which is pretty much what puts their relationship on the rocks, I would assume. Yeah. And then she (laughs) does it again on her vacation, because Mark comes and interrupts her and ruins her fucking vacation, and that's what drives her back over the edge,
4: right? Yeah. She was I fine
2: until she... Mark showed up, or at least we didn't yeah. see her kill.
4: <laughs> or do you think maybe it was that she saw the young American girl with the uh, eyes? I don't know.
2: Well, maybe because she wants to take the eye. Like, is she like wearing the corpse eye? Is that what's going on? Is that what they're implying?
4: Yeah, that she wants to. And maybe she couldn't cut out the other eyes quick enough to to get a good eye out. I,
2: yeah, but like she can't just immediately go get emergency surgery and get a new eye put in. Like I think she's just wearing it as like a prosthetic eye because it looks more real and it matches her color.
4: I guess. <laughs> like I, it's, I'm really it's it's really hard to figure
2: out what her motive is. Whatever it is, it's fucking insane. <laughs> right? (laughs) Like, I'm not sure what's going on with the the plucking of the eyeball. Like if she's actually wearing their eyeball instead of her prosthetic glass piece, if that's what's going on, or if she's always wearing the glass piece, she's just depriving these pretty young things of their eyes and collecting them because her eye was taken from her. Yeah. You know, no matter what it is, it's all fucking insane.
4: (laughs) It really is.
2: Whatever her reasoning is, it's clearly not healthy.
4: It's not right.
2: Yeah, that's all I really have to say is this killer is obviously insane.
4: Yeah, everything's not good for them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right, we should probably close out the show before you fall out of your chair again.
4: I know. Fuck, that hurt. Holy shit. <laughs> I think I should just so, leave it in. You probably should. I mean, fuck, that's just too good. But, oh, that's- <laughs> that is just painful <laughs>
2: I'm actually just going to close out the fucking show dude I'm not even going to make you sit through the news you sound like you're Ugh. in
4: pain hey, yeah my shoulder is really fucked right now I already, <laughs> and I already had a back neck coming into the night like my neck has been shit and now it's the same shoulder and, oh fuck yeah I'm, I'm messed up
2: <laughs> <laughs> you've heard it Matt has to tap out for the night so we're going to play the ending Legion promo we'll have <laughs> the ending music of Eyeball
8: and when we come back we'll close out this fucking show obsessive cinema discourse pick six movies the podcast by the cemetery the podcast on haunted hill the psycho semantic podcast rick radio house of wax dude looks like the 80s rabbit and red radio the shade cast YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found.
2: So... If you got to hear that and it didn't get cut out by the copyright <laughs> infringement yeah. fucking scrubber bots.
4: What does that sound like? That sounds like something to me.
2: Uh, you probably recognize that because of the Nashycast cast promo that I used to play all the fucking time. Okay. If you would ever actually listened to the Nashy cast, that is their main theme. And they did use that in one of the trailers as well. They uh, use the theme from eyeball.
4: I thought for some reason, I also heard it like on a TV show. I don't know. Could be probably not. You're probably right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Uh, Yeah, it's probably from the promo that I played a lot more, although I can see where you would think it would sound like TV.
4: Like a dynasty or something. I don't know.
2: (laughs) Well, it does have that dramatic spin and that sort of flair to it, I suppose. But yes, I'm telling our listeners that the Nashi cast uses, I don't know if it's this specific version, but it's definitely one of those melodies, like this particular movement that they do, the theme that they use. Because it's in the film a couple of different ways. It's one of those versions of it and I'm pretty sure it's this one that the guys from the cast use I don't know, fucking at Rod about it, not me I don't fucking know their show I don't know their show any better than him fucking ask him
4: Listen, man, I'm in pain. I'm sorry, all right? Just sell it down. I suffered an injury during the show. I'm trying to gut it out here.
2: <laughs> if you'd like to know of any other instances where Matt fell out of his chair, knocked his chair over, fell forward from his chair, knocked his drink over, or generally fucked up the show in a way that we could I'm, not recover from.
4: All, I've only done
2: it once, all right?
4: I've only done one of those once.
2: All previous incidents of that occurring are available at legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash psion. You could also at Matt in our Facebook group and let him know that he is the Tauntaun.
4: I am a ton-ton.
2: That's our Facebook group, Cinema Psyops. He's also available there as Matt Psyop for your at purposes. I'm also Court Psyops there, and don't at me, bro.
4: Don't at me. Only if you're a porn bot. You can email feedback to
2: Matt, psyopmatt at gmail.com. Send him all the porn bots on Twitter. <laughs> you can email feedback to court, cinemasyopscourt at gmail.com. Let him know that it's not a porn bot, it's a business.
4: It's a business person. It's <laughs> porn bot, how dare you
2: <laughs> I don't even know what that means you can tweet a couple of tweets on the porn bot filled shit fest that is twitter I'm at court underscore psyop and he is at psyopmat we are also available on instagram as cinema underscore psyops where I will post photos of any bruises Matt takes a picture of
4: yeah I, I don't know if I'll have bruises but I'm I I definitely not going to be able to use my left arm anymore <laughs> Jesus Christ
2: You should definitely get this looked at if it's that bad.
4: Uh, You know, I really might have to. I was already going to have to probably get my neck actually fucking looked at because like it has been sore and in pain for like three weeks. So all from I laid weird on the bed while watching TV. So that's how I know I'm old.
2: Well, if you're out there feeling old and grumbly, I guess kick the fuck out of this weekend. Make it your best.
4: You hear me? Yep, I hear you. All right, awesome. <laughs> Start recording on your side. I am recording now. One, two, three.
2: Waveform looks like it should, like uh, you're on the yep. snowball, all that stuff.
4: Everything's perfect. All right. <sighs> it's a weird Anytime I hear the word snowball now because of clerks, I just think it's something dirty. be <laughs> such an innocent word.
2: If that was a thing before clerks, that's just what made you aware well, of it. Uh,
4: yeah, no, yeah. I mean, obviously it wasn't clerks didn't come up with that. It was a thing before that. It's just that's the first time I ever heard of it. So that's when it made snowball the word dirty for
2: me. Right. That's exactly yeah. what I was saying. You just said it differently. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thanks for. I was agreeing with you. Thanks for mansplaining. more
4: words than just saying you're right. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah Therefore <laughs>
4: mansplaining. <laughs> Listen, gaslighting. Isn't a thing? You made it up. Cause you're fucking crazy. <laughs>
2: right. I don't want to fuck around too much tonight. I want to actually get this episode done. You did right, let's cover it. eyeball, right? That's just eyeball. Sure. Yes. Okay. All right. We haven't had that fuck up in like forever. And I just, I know, but sh- you
4: always get worried. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you do
2: one thing wrong once and it gets added to my internal mental anxiety-driven checklist. Welcome to the 289th consecutive week of Cinema
4: PsyOps. I'm your horse. I'm your host, Court. How's it going, horsey? What, what are we doing? What, what's going on? You fucked up. <laughs>
2: uh,
4: okay. You, you will never play that way you, that you said horse instead of host first.
2: <laughs> well, it'll probably get put in the outtakes and then we'll have this discussion because it just ruins the flow of the episode and that's my probably. thing.
4: Yeah, that's true. You Dude, like, I low. dime
2: myself out on fuck-ups more than I do oh. you.
4: I cover no, I know, up so I know. much
2: you, you, of your shit.
4: You totally do. Sometimes I just think it would be funny if, like, there was some it, something like that, and then I was, I brought it up, and you're like, "Oh yeah, man, you totally got me." And then I listened to the show the next week, and you only put in me saying that you fucked it up, but no fuck up there, so it makes me look like I'm insane. <laughs> also, like
2: you you are and. Don't act like you remember anything that happens on the air two minutes after we're done recording.
4: I don't remember anything that happens in my life two minutes after I do it. So,
2: (laughs) yeah, yeah, that's what (laughs) I'm saying. So, like, don't not wrong. Yeah,
4: don't don't. (laughs) It's like a a new adventure when I listen to the show. I'm like, when did all this happen? Yeah, I will play clips for
2: you once a week, every week, and every fucking week you will say, "When did I say that?"
4: (laughs) that And it's the same
2: fucking clip, dude.
4: Yeah, I fucking all right. I have bad memory. I'm fucking sorry. (laughs) I'm bad at humaning. (laughs) I'm not a great human being. Bo fucking who. Someone call the American consulate. I'm going to need him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what you do is you just drag him to the place. Yeah. Then beat the shit out of him and step to the gate.
4: That's right. Then be like, all right. And then in your best, like, fucking German voice diplomatic immunity.
2: He was actually South African. Oh, uh, was if he? If you're going by some- lethal weapon, too.
4: Yeah, it was. For some reason, I thought he was German, maybe because he was a Nazi. Well,
2: I mean, Um, South African and white, uh, it's it's some type of resettled Nazi, probably.
4: Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's, I mean, I think that's true. (laughs) Uh.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Particularly the cougaran driving people that were running the apartheid. It, It totally makes sense in that case.
4: Yeah, I would think so.
2: Yeah, in that case, it totally does. All
4: right. So, um... Sport fuck all you want, but if you're cuddling, I don't know, you're not ready for that.
2: (laughs) Cuddling leads to love, and love leads to very bad decisions.
4: (laughs) Yeah. You're not ready for marriage. Sport fuck all you want, but you just can't cuddle and fall in love.
2: And wear protection.
4: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, definitely not. Geez, what are you, a square? uh, (laughs) Wow. I know, fucked up.
2: That's why she decided to come to Barcelona.
4: Are you trying to annoy me now, too? (laughs) Is that what we're doing today? Take your wife it. down, now take your co-host down I gotcha, okay, <laughs> fine
2: <laughs> I mean, you, I could just fire her It's a yeah. much more lengthy process to yeah, remove Yeah, I was
4: gonna say, you think you would've started with me And then moved up to her <laughs> But, you know, whatever <laughs> You're easy
2: pickings, bud
4: Yeah, I know, right? I am low-hanging fruit
2: You were like fruit that pretty much just about fell off the vine right into your hand
4: I'm the apple that fell on, fi- on the head, proving gravity
2: only much less useful.
4: Yeah, way less useful. <laughs> and more drunk. I'm a drunken apple.
2: <laughs> wow, let's just go to the show. All
4: right. So, hey, we've start- religious-
2: <gasps> Whoops, Scott.
4: <God>. Well, Jesus. <laughs>
2: They gave housewives uppers to try and help them keep their weight down. So they had That's to give true. them downers to put them to bed at night.
4: I mean, I guess you could say we're only a century at this point, century removed from people going, you got a fever, do cocaine and get jerked off about it. That was about it. <laughs>
2: That's still the best solution in my book. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Do cocaine to get jerked off about a fever? All right. All <laughs> right. We're not doctors, folks, all right? Just remember that. <laughs> right. I'm just saying. That seems, like, that seems like it would make you feel better. It does. really does. It feels like you wouldn't worry about the fever anymore, at least. <laughs>
2: Something's bound to break.
4: Yeah, right? Jesus. Jesus. Hey fuckers, religion's bullshit God's not real I mean, I don't know what that has to do with now, but okay
2: (laughs) I mean, that's always true
4: Hey fuckers, (laughs) religion's bullshit God's not real Every
2: time I hit that by mistake, it's still true
4: Yeah, right So they go, dun, dun, dun Wait, hang
2: on That was the joke, you can continue Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Great Um. fucking outtake (laughs) Just in time, now he's on vacation For the rest of his life in retirement Yep. Ow. <laughs> you okay now?
4: <laughs>
2: nope. <laughs> Did you hit your head on your microphone?
4: No, I fell. <laughs> <laughs> you
2: fell out of your chair?
4: Yeah, I have a, a fucking one of my old busted chairs that doesn't make any noise. And I literally shifted my weight once and I just fucking fell. That hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, do you need a minute? <laughs>
5: fucking
4: asshole. God damn, I'm such an asshole. <laughs>
2: i totally just forgot what i was gonna fucking say about eyeball
4: (laughs) okay okay i got i think good times (laughs) oh fuck you can stop recording now i have oh fuck I can't believe I fell. Like just the seat gave away. I was like I literally looked to my right, my seat gave away. and I almost headbutted the the table that the laptops on. I almost took a header. I just was almost just going to die.
2: <laughs> All
4: right, maybe a different non-squeaky chair next yeah, week. Yeah, well yeah, this is the first time I've used this one, so yeah, probably. <laughs>
2: feeling old and grumbly i guess kick the fuck out of this weekend make it your bitch it's the only way i'm gonna get you out of the show
4: <laughs> oh, good times
2: you can stop recording
4: now and i have oh fuck